Hello, podcast listeners. Hope everything's going well for you today, like as much as it's going well for me. Uh, today, we got a lot to be able to talk about, and I look forward to be able to talk about some of these articles that I found in my research when trying to come up with stuff to, to talk about in today's podcast. For instance, did you know that Jim Cramer is now suggesting that his people on Mad Money to buy into the big oil dip and that all other stocks you should be avoiding? Interesting how he's making this call now. We're also going to be talking about how Kohl's enters exclusive sales talk with a franchise group. Now, this has to deal potentially with the retail apocalypse in the making that has happened recently since they've reported earnings across the board in retail. But we're going to dive a little bit deep into that. We're then going to be talking about how there's retirement crisis apparently in America and how Congress is potentially trying to pass a new bill to allow people to save more money for retirement. And finally, the last article that I will be talking about has to do with a company called Nightscope. This is a company I've been look, looking forward to talk, be talking about for a while now. And finally, today I'm going to be able to talk about it because they had some big news yesterday. And I think it's good that we'll be able to talk about it. With that being said, guys, like I always say before I begin every podcast, I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything I talk about in this podcast is for informational purposes only. You need to talk to your own financial advisor before making any financial decisions and because they understand your situation a little bit better. And with today's podcast too, in particular, I do have some investments in some of the companies that we are talking about here on this podcast. And so everything I talk about, like I said, is my opinion. With that being said, guys, let's begin today's podcast. Jim Cramer says to buy the dip in oil stocks, but stay away from everything else. CNBC is reporting this from yesterday. CNBC's Jim Cramer on Monday said that the only stocks investors should be buying the dip are on the oil names. I want to be kind to this market and I'll tell you the same old buy the dips game plan, but in reality, the only dip that you should that you can that you can bought right now, at least the dip in oil. Everything else is, as they now say in damning way, transactional and nothing more, the Mad Money host said. Kramer said that there have been several stock disappointments in the market recently that made him wary of non-oil names. He noted that shares of AMD fell before the analysis meeting on Thursday, and he expects Apple analysis to downgrade the iPhone maker stock if the Worldwide Developers Conference struggled to excite the raging bears. Quote, when stocks start off strong, there's a pretty good chance that they'll give up the ghosts by midday, he said. Elon Musk public feud with Twitter over the acquisition deal is yet another source of disappointment in the market, Kramer said. Yet for oil, even when sellers come in, the buyers come right back and keep the stock afloat, according to Kramer, making those stocks stand out from others in the market. Prices are going higher at the pump and nobody but the president can do anything about it. That's not true, but we'll cover that in a second. And can he, and he even can't do that much either way. The lesson is simple. Let's get along. Let's get long on some oil stocks, he said. Okay, here's the thing, Jim Cramer. Okay, I totally agree that oil stocks are t- where you need to be parked your money currently. I mean, I myself do have some companies that I have invested in in the oil market. However, the time to have invested in those companies was back in 2020 when COVID first hit. Okay, and that's the thing. At the time when oil was dropping, I mean, Exxon Mobil fell below $40 a share, and I believe Chevron hit about $50 a share, if I'm not mistaken. But the time to invest in oil was back in 2020. And now Jim Cramer is saying, now's the time to buy oil. I'm sorry, Jim, but you kind of missed the boat on that one. Okay. You were probably like everyone else on Wall Street, so attracted to the Amazons and the targets at the time when things were going well. 
that you pretty much missed the boat on this one. And it's quite sad that he's actually telling people that, that this is the time to buy oil. I mean, the yields two years ago were at at least six to 10% in some of the oil companies. Now, granted, some oil companies did have to cut their dividends and had to be able to survive the pandemic, but companies like Chevron and Exxon pretty much weathered the storm. Okay. And it's quite sad. He, he pretty much missed the boat on this, but now he's telling people on CNBC Mad Money to invest in a company like this. But in, at the end of the day, too, these are people who have to make their own decisions financially. But I personally believe that Jim Cramer had, had missed the boat in 2020. That's when you should have gone along with oil. And the other thing, too, is I think Jim Cramer has said in the past, too, I mean, I could be misquoting him and I and, and I can't I can't keep track of everything and I can't remember every detail. But I think in the past, Jim has said that oil companies were going to struggle. But I mean, he flip flops a lot on a lot of things, obviously, based off how the market's doing. But at the end of the day, I'm sorry, Jim, you missed the boat. This was back in 20. This You should have been telling your people to invest back in 2020 when the markets were being hammered by COVID. And the other thing, too, is he is right about one thing, that the president is the only one who can control things, but there's only so much he can do. No, Jim, Jim, he, you're wrong on that, too. President Biden could do a lot more. Allowing more federal land to drill, building more oil rigs, that could help solve the issue. But he's not going to potentially do that currently right now, so. Yeah, sometimes you just got to talk about these things. I mean, sorry, Jim. I think you missed the boat. On to the next article. Kohl's shares jump after retail enters exclusive sales talks with franchise group. Okay. Kohl's said Monday that it entered into exclusive negotiations with retail holding company Fran- Franchise Group, which is proposing to buy the retailer for $60 a share. Such a price would value Kohl's at roughly $8 billion. Kohl's shares rose more than 9% to close at 45.59 on Tuesday, giving it a market a market cap of 5.86 billion. Franchise Group shares climbed around 5%. Franchise Group is working with Oak Street Real Estate Capital to finance the deal, mostly through real estate. According to the person familiar with the matter, the person requested uh, anonymity, but the deal isn't finalized. A representative from Oak Street Real Estate declined to comment. A transaction remains to uh, subject to approval by both companies, board of directors, Cole said in a press release, there's no guarantee that the agreement will be reached. It said the exclusive period of three weeks will allow the f- franchise group, which owns vitamin shop and bud home furnishing among other brands and its financing partners to finalize due diligence and financing arrangements for the parties to complete the negotiation of binding documents. Cole said the retailer added that it has no further uh, comment until agreement is reached or the discussions are terminated. The saga at Kohl's has been playing out for more than half a year. The off-mall department store chain was first urged in early December of 2021 by New York-based hedge fund Engine Capital to consider a sale or another alternative to boost its stock price. At the time, Kohl's shares were trading at $48.45. In mid-January, activist hedge fund um, McClim Advisors, McSellum Advisors, I mean, then pressured Kohl's to consider a sale. McSellum CEO Jonathan Duskin argued uh, that ex- executives were maternally mismanaging the business. He also said Kohl's had plenty of potential left to unlock with its real estate. In early February, Kohl's said it had brought on bankers at Goldman Sachs and PJT Partners to help the retailer field offers. So 
I mean, I don't know if this was actually going to go through or not. I mean, it's an interesting thing to look at at the end of the day. I mean, Cole, it says later on last month, Cole's reported that its sales for the first three months period ended April 30th, fell to 3.72 billion from 3.89 billion in 2021. The company also slashed its profits and revenue forecast for the full fiscal year, disappointing investors and mudding the picture for potential deal. And then of course, Cole shares hit a 52 week high at 64.38 in late January. See, the thing with Kohl's is, I mean, I don't hear people say like, oh yeah, I went I went shopping at Kohl's to buy whatever it is that they bought, okay? I mean, I personally, if I have to buy things, I'm going to a Walmart or a Target. And I do have a Kohl's actually nearby where I live, but I don't go to Kohl's that often. In fact, I hardly ever go to Kohl's. It's just, to me, Kohl's is just another retail store in general. I mean, I could see a future potentially one day where you could have like, an incidence like how Yum Brands in Yum Brands you have like Taco Bell and you have I think KFC it was in Yum Brands and then I can't remember what the other one is but like Yum Brands has like multiple oh Pizza Hut that's what it is so it's Pizza Hut Taco Bell and KFC those are all together in Yum Brands I can see eventually in the future like these retail stores eventually do get bought out I mean Kohl's was could potentially be the first if they were to do that. I think that's how retail could potentially make a lot of money in the future is if you have retail that is merging the like kind of a version of Yum Brands. And maybe this is the start of what Kohl's will end up becoming. Or maybe they'll just do what Nelson Peltz did with which is wiping out the board if they do buy out the company and just say, hey, we're going to take things in our way of how we want things done. It's hard to tell, but I mean, they're in talks right now with exclusive negotiations with the retail holding company franchise group. So it's, I, I mean, the, their current offer would give a Kohl's price tag, roughly 8 billion. So maybe this goes through, maybe it doesn't franchise group believes it. Cause I say that the deal through real estate, uh, like it's mostly through real estate. It's, it seems like that's where the most of their, their bread and butter comes from. I mean, when I start hearing young people talk about wanting to shop at Kohl's, then I would think Kohl's is the hot stock to buy into. But maybe at the end of the day, Kohl's gets uh, bought out and then we don't get to talk about it as much anymore. It's hard to tell. So keep an eye out for Kohl's and maybe we'll be able to talk about it a little bit more later in these podcasts. Next article. And these two articles are kind of related to each other. Retirement tax break benefit higher earners, leaving middle-class savers behind report fines. From CNBC under the personal finance. Okay. Tax breaks designed to boost retirement savings may primarily benefit higher earners, leaving middle-class workers behind, according to a report from the National Institute of Retirement Security. With most Americans receiving less than half uh, pre-retirement income from Social Security, many rely on employer-sponsored savings plans and individual retirement accounts to fund their golden years. Although Congress created tax incentives to encourage a saving, the structure of the U.S. tax code and uneven plan participation have skewed those benefits towards higher earners. Quote, our nation, our country spends a lot of incentivizing retirement savings, said Dan Donan, National Institute of Retirement Security Executive Director of co-author of the report. But workers across the income spectrum are impacted differently in terms of access to workplace plans and the value they receive from tax benefits. Indeed, more than half of tax breaks for company retirement plans, such as 401k or 403b plans and IRAs, go to the top 10% of earners, those making 117,224 or more, according to the report, based on the data from 2019. Okay. Now it goes into tax structure and I don't want to go into the tax structure that much, but this article was also released on last yesterday on June 6th. 
there was also a report that was, I believe, came out on Sunday or came out Monday too. And this article says there is a push in Congress for a new national retirement savings plan. Okay. There's a new push in Congress for a new national retirement plan to fill the saving gap. This was reported on January 4th. So this was two days ago before the retirement one that we just read came out. Okay. It says here, a retirement legislation continues to evolve in Congress. Some lawmakers are hoping to address what they view as a persistent problem, lack of access to workplace plan among low and middle income workers, a bipartisanism, a part, sorry, a bipartisanism by by Kemmery group of lawmakers have stayed has started working on a bill to tackle just that while legislation commonly known as secure 2.0 included proposals amid an expanding both access and the ability to save it won't necessarily reach people whose companies offer no plan say advocates if secure 2.0 passes they will still have a fundamental problem said john president and ceo of the economic innovation group which supports the congressional group's goal Quote, let's address where the biggest gap exists, which is the bottom 50% of the wealth distribution, where most workers don't have access to an employer-sponsored plan and don't benefit from current incentives to save. An estimate 57 million workers have no retirement plan offers through their jobs, according to Georgetown University Center of Retirement Initiatives, and low-earning employers are finding less likely to have one. Among those in the bottom 25% or of wages, 42% have access to a workplace plan. Compared with 88 in the 88% the highest 25% of wages, researchers from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics show. The congressional group, which consists of Senator John Hickenlooper, a Democrat from Colorado, and Tom Tillis, Tillis, Republican of North Carolina, and Representative Tara Sewell, Democrat from Alaska, and Lloyd Smucker, a Republican from Pennsylvania, is exploring the idea of program model after the Federal Thrift Savings Plan, or the TSP, according to people familiar with the group's efforts. That's the retirement plan available to, uh, to federal employees as well as members of Congress and the military. Okay, first off, this plan, if they really wanted to go through, here's an idea. How about you stop charging Social Security on our taxes when we pay into the system that most of us will not see? I mean, the whole point of Social Security is, is in my opinion, I don't, I don't think it's the best idea anymore. I mean... If you think about it, like I, I'm going to age myself a little bit, but I, I'm probably not going to see a dime from social security. I'm not because it's probably going to run out. If anything, they should allow Americans to use their own social security money and be able to invest it themselves if they want. Okay. And if people are not willing to do it, that's their choice at the end of the day. Okay. This retirement savings plan that they're trying to do, I don't think it's going to work that well. It's not. If people want to save money, they're going to do what they can to save money. Okay. Now, granted, there are other things too, like people can get into IRAs if they're in the bottom 50%. I mean, Roth IRAs in particular are great because, I mean, you you can put in money after taxes and it can grow tax-free. Oh, I know the word that government doesn't want to hear, tax-free money. But that's what people can do. There's limits to Roth IRAs, obviously. Right now, it's a, I believe it's like 6000 a year, maybe 6500 I can't remember exactly, but there is a limit to how much you can put into a Roth IRA each year. And obviously that can grow tax-free, which is great because if you don't want to keep paying taxes when you're older, that's a great way to make money. I mean, if you really want to, I mean, if Congress really wants to, at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want, but I just think it's a useless plan. The article continues, the TSP includes some features that research shows 
improve retirement savings, including auto enrollment, which started in 2010. Before that, the overall participation rate was 60%, according to a 2020 report from the Congressional Budget Office. Once the change was implemented, it was 96.7%. Among those with high school degrees or less, the participation rate was 95% five years ago after auto enrollment was introduced, according to research released last year by Letteries Group. Likewise, the bottom one-third of earners increased their participation to 95% from 74%. Okay. I just don't see how this is going to incentivize people to save. Like I said, at the end of the day, people really want to save money for retirement. They're going to do what they want. Okay. You can pass as much bills as you want in Washington, but it's not going to work at the end of the day. But they can try and we'll give them that for the time being. But I mean, it's still interesting. They're trying to pass the secure 2.0. So always keep an eye on what they're doing because they, they, they let us know pretty much what's happening. Now for the article I have been looking forward to talking about for a long time, okay? It has to do with Nightscope. Now, if you are my fellow friends who I've talked about this, I talk about Nightscope a lot. And full disclosure, I do have some investments in Nightscope, okay? And I'm not trying to say buy into this company. I personally think this is a great company in the making. And I also believe that this could potentially change everything in the United States, potentially, if they can get this right. And at the same time, it it's just going to make, uh, let's just get into it right now so we can talk about it. From Mountain View, California, from Business Wire, Nightscope Inc., a developer and advanced physical security technology focused on enhancing U.S. security operations, today announced that it had achieved the in-process stage for the Federal Risk and Authorization Management Program, or FedRAMP. FedRAMP is a government-wide program that promotes the adoption of secure cloud services across the federal government by providing a standardized approach to security assessment authorization, and continuous monitoring for cloud products and services. Over the last 17 months, Nightscope's cybersecurity team has been working tirelessly to build a secure, hardened environment to solely support U.S. government clients. Nightscope successfully built from the ground up a strictly controlled version of Nightscope products offering the secure, secured environment was tested by FedRAMP author, authorized third-party assessment organization. Nightscope's product was tested using the latest cyber technologies, and it was found that the ASR itself was too secure to enter without the company's assistance. In light of these results, Nightscope now has listed in the service provider and may commence discussions with government agencies about providing services to the federal authorities. Well done, Nightscope. Okay. I've been waiting for this to come out for a while. Okay. Granted, I've known about Nightscope since I think 2016. I remember I, w- I had gone home from work. I had worked a night shift at Target and I was at home watching CNBC and I saw a commercial for them. And I remember thinking at the time that either Nightscope's security robots are going to help the police industry or it's not going to help them at all. But at the end of the day, it was either going to be the biggest, next biggest thing or it's going to be the biggest flop in history. And like I said, like I said earlier, I have investments in Nightscope because I firmly believe in the company. Please do your own research if you are looking into Nightscope currently though. I have to say, this is a huge deal for Nightscope, okay? They're now going to be able to hopefully get through this last stage of what they're doing. And once they get through, they're going to start working with the federal government. And now tax dollars, potentially US tax dollars, are going to be going in to fund more security. Now, you see a lot of comments on social media where people are like, oh, this is such a waste of money. It's never going to work. And that's fine. People can say that all they want. Okay. But what I want to know is, and what's nice is, 
What are other companies trying to do to help solve an issue on crime? In seriousness, in all seriousness, what are they trying to do? I'll wait for the comments. I mean, I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this on my podcast potentially if when people listen to this, but I think Nightscope's gonna change a lot in this world. I mean, right now, even at the Santa Clara uh, part, no, Santa Clara real estate, they they said that their crime has gone down by 90%. And on their website, Nightscope is claiming all these victories. Now, granted, there have been issues in the past, like a robot falling into a fountain, okay? I mean, that's how new technology works sometimes is they always fall into a fountain. I mean, can you imagine if we had that same issue when the car first came out? Like, oh, a man crashed a car into a wall when it first came out. So therefore, this is not the future and we should stay with horses. Some people are ridiculous when it comes to this type of stuff. Nightscope, though, is intriguing because it's going to help expand the perimeter for officers and security guards. Okay. Think about it. Okay. You're an officer. You have to cover... I think I did the math once, okay? And this is what Nightscope is claiming, okay? The math doesn't add up that Nightscope always says. Nightscope says there's 357 million people within the United States, okay? And you have 2 million law officers, I believe, combined, both in private and public sectors, okay? You you can't triple shift an officer 24 hours a day. That's where the robot comes in handy. But this is is what I found the most interesting when I did the math. It's been a while, but... I remember doing the math once saying, if you had one cop to cover X amount of people within the United States, I think it was one cop had to protect about 195 people at a time. My math might be a little off these days um, because it's been a while since I did the calculation, but let's just say one cop has to cover 195 people at a time. One cop can't cover 195 people at a time. Police officers need expansion, perimeter expansion. They need the best technologies. And this might be the answer to what they're looking for. It can be, okay? And this is the thing that's crazy about this government contract. And this is why it's so big. And even Wall Street liked it yesterday. The stock went up for Nightscope by 24% yesterday. But this is where things get interesting. It says here, any organization with cloud-based services wishing to do business with the federal government must complete the FedRAMP process to obtain the authority to operate or the ATO. At the time of the release, only 262 such ATOs have been issued and only 83 companies have reached the in-process stage. The team's solid work resulted in the acceptance of Nightscope services, offering the government law enforcement agencies and Nightscope is now listed as the FedRAMP government marketplace. I think Nightscope's going to change the world. I still do. I also believe you're going to potentially see in the few years, at the federal level at least, your tax dollars going into these robots to help expand perimeter expansion for officers. I mean, if anything, at the end of the day, these robots help change human behavior. Obviously, there are things we can't control, like maybe there's corrupt politicians and they want to keep passing laws that benefit them in their favor. But at the end of the day, there's at least a company trying to make America safer. And I firmly believe Nightscope is going to do everything they can in their power. Or they'll fail trying. And I I prefer backing a company personally than that's at least trying than some politician who's trying and has their own agenda. Now, granted, maybe Nightscope has their own agenda as well. Uh, Can't give benefit of the doubt always, but good job, Nightscope. Congratulations. I'm curious to know how much more contracts you're going to be getting in the future now with the federal government, but this is a huge step in the right direction. So William Santana, congratulations. You should be proud of yourself today. You're building a company that I think is going to change the world. 
And I wish you continued success. And I will continue to be a supporter of you, William Santana, as long as you can keep making this company grow. With that being said, guys, thank you today for listening to today's podcast. I really hope you have enjoyed it overall. And if you have, please like and subscribe to this YouTube, not YouTube, this podcast so that we can be able to continue to talk about what's happening within Wall Street, within the stock market in general. If you also think friends and family would enjoy this, I ask that you please share with them this podcast so that we can be able to keep growing this channel and be able to keep talking about what's happening in the market. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Thank you and goodbye.